Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 30 of the Odyssey podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Connor Campbell. Connor, how are you? I'm not too bad. I'm okay. I'm a bit battered now, to be honest, I'm, but I'm all right. Why is that? Um, Training last night, first day back yesterday to proper powerlifting training. Although, I was only thinking earlier on, like, the period from... The February Open to my race that was on Saturday was probably the most consistent I'd been powerlifting for for quite some time. Weirdly enough, I was training very consistently and I was enjoying it, maybe because I was faced with the reality of doing something else that wasn't nearly as enjoyable or just losing powerlifting entirely. So this race that I've been given out about for the last good while uh, was on Saturday. How did it go? Well, like if you had spoken to me about it, if or if I, like I, I spoke a little bit about it, but anyone who spoke to me in person about it knows that I was not optimistic. I was very nervous <laughs> about just finishing it, or like there was minimum pace and there was minimum times. There was like cutoff points, and I had never done any of these events like to this kind of distance or any of the events at order. So I was super nervous and, and I had done like really short runs and really short cycles and they messed me up like big time. So I was not confident going into this. I didn't even have the right kid or anything thing like that and I'd inherited a lot of stuff. But look, we got through it. We finished it, got the medal, uh, was was grand. Didn't win anything now. Everyone get a, gets a medal at these things. But <laughs> I think that's justified because it, it was a bit of a slog now to be honest. We were joking uh, before we hit record about what the title of this podcast was going to be since we had recorded a podcast in February detailing your your powerlifting competition that was titled Connor's Disappointing Day, a very, very children book-esque title. Uh, so we were wondering what we should title this because it went pretty well. So I guess Connor's, Connor's well. Marvelous Day or something to that effect. Connor's Triumphant Day or Connor Didn't <laughs> Die. Connor didn't uh, die. My like feet that. are still killing me. Absolutely. Connor didn't was... die, but his deadlift still didn't get any better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Connor didn't die, but that deadlift hasn't budged in a while. <laughs> no truer words. So, no truer words. It was good. Um, I was nearly late to the starting point. Uh, I had to stop. I was like reading the mandatory kit while I was on the way there. Soraya drove. Because she felt that I wouldn't be in a fit drive, fit state to drive anywhere afterwards, which turned out to be uh, very accurate. Um, I was checking the mandatory kit, and they're like, "If you don't have this, you're not racing." Like full stop. It included like your first aid kit, like your emergency stuff, your bits and bobs, like a spare tube for the bike, which I had, but I had no idea how to put it in. So if there was an issue, I was done. But um, what I didn't have was front and tail lights for the bike, as obvious as that might be and even though it was in the morning it was like that's the mandatory kit that's what you need to race and i was reading it and we were on the way saturday morning and i was like uh, will i chance this they may not check so stopped in in halfords and nace that said i was googling places like right this will be open at eight o'clock and i ran up to the door at like three minutes to eight and your man was putting a sign on the door it's like not open till nine there's a leak and I was just rattling on the door and he came up and he's like, do you not read the sign? And I was like, I have a race at 10 o'clock, please. And he's like, what do you need? I was like, lights. So he let me in. He was super sound about that. Um, and nobody even checked my kit in the end. <laughs> uh, so I, I was like at the back of the wave starting off. It was like five minutes to go till our wave was set off because there was a longer route that were set off first and like waves one, two and three. Then there was four, five, and six for my route, and I was number five. So we were a little bit later in the day. So we were late, so nobody checked anything. I just kind of, I just ran in and, and went off. How does how does it, the that kind of start line work? Is there like, is there people who are like actually taking it really seriously and kind of jockeying for position, a bit of pushing and shoving, or was it very kind of? Not boring? not in my wave certainly anyway, but I'd imagine the earlier one, which was like. It was in the 70-something K range. I'd say those people who were looking to win were up front first and were probably jockeying for position. But, like, the race is so long 
like you're probably better off you're, you're from a blazing point of view you're probably better off pacing yourself well or sticking to your own pace and your own plan throughout the race as opposed to like the couple of seconds that you're going to get at the start do you know it's 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 a bit too long for that kind of thing in my professional opinion of course <laughs> but like we turned my race my, my wave there was a couple of people who were serious enough and then there was a lot more who were like me just fucking joe soap didn't really know what was going on or were just having the crack we turned out right and i thought the first stage was going to be the easiest part because it was like a four kilometer cycle um the map did not indicate that it was pretty much straight shot uphill for the four kilometers like when we turned out right it was it was brutal it was like pandemonium there was people on top of each other like there was people already walking up the hill there was a lad had his bike like flipped over and i passed him and i heard him try to get back onto the bike and i heard him like screaming in anguish at it just not working after the first hurdle so that kind of put my mind at ease that i was like okay at least i'm moving forward i'm doing okay but that was a slog like that's that's i was fatigued like instantly and it made me like i i heard the little bit of doubt creeping in and i was like there's no way we, we can't i've spoken about it too much online to just dip out or to give up at something like that so we just persevered and we got the the first run which was 6k and that had kind of been what my runs were the, like a six or seven k of a distance in my training runs but that was on like flat tarmac or like concrete this was in the hills and the weather had just decimated the track the few days before and looked like a, a, a bomb site there was it was kind of downhill for the first stretch which you could kind of jog along or a little bit of a controlled fall it was really what i was doing because my legs just felt like cement but I, I was like i don't have the time to be dicking around at the transition point because i was gonna i, I had it in my brain that i was gonna miss this cutoff point and I was going to get disqualified for just being slow. So while everyone thing? else was chatting around, oh, totally, yeah. Okay. That's what I was nervous about. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> it, I, I felt I would just soldier along and just be ignorant and just get through. Um, So we, I, I did not delay the transition point. Like, I still had my bag on. I he took my jacket off because I was roasting. I still had my bag on with, like, some energy gels and a hat. And that was it. I just took off. And I was, like controlling my fall down this hill essentially and it looked like a bit of a jog um, and then the terrain just went to shit like it was so muddy there was huge stretches it was just covered in water and at the first for the first few steps I was like okay I'm going to try and keep my feet dry and then it was like this is this is not happening so your feet were like wet and so heavy and you were just plodding along just trying to get through it you had to walk in some stages because you just didn't know what was under your feet because there was water everywhere. We were going back up the hill and it was a single file mucky hike. Do you know? Which I was like, at least everyone is in the same boat and this is more similar to what I had been doing with hiking. Like, So it's in a way that played to my to my benefit that it was a hike, do you know? And it was, it was scenic, it was nice. And at least it was one stage at a time, you know? So yep. that, that run was okay. So full of confidence going into the second cycle, which was 20K. So that was the, the longest stretch. And I was like, right, zero doubt. doesn't matter what we've done. The next stage, just one piece at a time, except the first what, like three or 4K. What was that transition like? Was that was that a bit of a more relaxed so transition? So the run was like a, a loop. I was okay. a little bit more relaxed, yeah, because there was a ton of bikes still there. Um, so I was like, okay, fill up my 500 ml water there was these just big massive jugs of water with like a tap on them so you just filled up your water and you crack on so this tiny little plastic 500 ml bottle that i topped up a little bit it was funny there was a guy they, these were right beside portaloos and a guy had just taken a big swig and he was drinking I'm like this is water right and i was like man maybe i would have asked that before you started drinking it but an umpire reassured us that it was actually just water not piss um <laughs> The first like 3k of this 20k cycle was then downhill and i'd been warned so it's not my bike it was my brother's friend's bike those two are mad into triathlons and at the start as a bit of an incentive my older brother was like you can use my bike 
and I was like geez that's that's a lot of confidence he puts in me like so a couple of grand in this bike and then he like checked in with me one week to see how my training was going and then at the end of the week he was like good news I got Shane's bike for you which <laughs> <laughs> is a significantly worse bike so it's like okay he doesn't have a huge amount of faith in me which is but fair first three ki- it's totally fair I yeah <laughs> my first cycle was on the Wednesday last week did you have were you wearing clips like or just could you slash it your was clips in? on it and but did you have cycling shoes so just, or did you have to or were they the ones where you kind of slot your feet into the the holsters it had the ones where you slot your feet into the holsters ah yeah okay so you I could wear normal shoes i was at a falling risk so i just flipped them upside down and <laughs> i just pedaled away oh hilarious okay yeah that's yeah that's gas. <laughs> It would have been it would have been very funny if you had to actually use clips and uh and like actual cycling shoes and have to get over God. that skill hurdle in in one week that would have been disastrous that would have been shite <laughs> the i was warned that the brakes on this bike weren't amazing and i figured that out pretty quickly that like the first two or three k was downhill on this um cycle because we had gone uphill like 4k so a bit a good bit of it was down my hands were jammed on the brakes all of the time and I was still going way too fast for what I was comfortable with and there was a couple of people in front of me and I was trying to avoid them trying to avoid potholes trying to keep an eye over my shoulder for cars on the road I was so nervous but at least it was a dismount point because it was just too too sharp but there was a lot of bends so you had to get off the bike and and just walk with it but again, I was nervous for time, so I, I ran with the bike along to try and keep my heart rate up, try and keep me in the mode for moving. But the rest of the cycle was grand. The kind of weather had warmed up a little bit. It was nice and bright. It was scenic. So it, it was lovely. I had a bit of a Sunday cycle just in the middle of this thing, which cycled you, which got you back to the Gat Club, which was the start point of the race. And so you, then you headed up into Glendalough National Park, where the lakes are for the next section. So it was super scenic. But I left, I had two energy gels at like the transition point and I left with no more energy gels, I had no more water and I was like, I'm, I'm golden, I'm good, let's, let's keep it going, let's keep this pace up, I had a bit of confidence with me. The next one was 6k, leading up to the kayak in the lakes, again straight up a hill that I didn't try and run, I was like, I can, but this would screw me for the rest of the day, so I kind of half jogged, half hiked. And at the top of the hill, I've described it as it's like somebody instantly wrapped my knees for a squat, like straight away. My quads cramped so badly. I just had to stop for a moment. I didn't really know what was going on. It was fucking horrible. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have no more water. And I had to run maybe another 5k to the lake, kayak for one kilometer and then another 4k back before I could get any water or any fluids or anything like that. And the cramping got so bad as I was walking, I just said, right, I have to run because this is a time thing. I just can't stop. And it, yeah. it just only got better with a bit of movement. So just just soldiered along, really, just like barely running like the running like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz, just <laughs> knees pretty much just locked in. My hamstrings kind of cramping every now and then to keep things interesting. Got to the lake and there was a guy I was running with near enough and I just tapped him on the shoulders like you and me in the kayak because it was a two person kayak which was I thought was grand like fucking that's very not so bad that's very very strange well it is but strange that that was the like that you know you would be dependent on another person you could be having the best the best race of your life and you hop in the kayak with the wrong person the first 10 the first 10 people who reached the lake had single person kayaks Uh that makes sense which was probably in their favor yeah. Do you know like imagine a, a fantastic athlete rocks up 11th and i fucking rock up behind them they're, they're screwed like just the, the disappointment in their face oh stop <laughs> the with the guy that i pulled across like he he seemed like he was in good nick and the second we hopped into the the kayak he cramped up really badly let out this guttural scream and tipped the kayak into the water. We both fell in. I was like, right, well, I'm freezing now. And the marshal pulled him aside and sent him off. And I just grabbed some other random guy and we went for it. But this, like, the sun was splitting the, the clouds then, during then. And we're the only group who were able to go into the upper lake this year. 
so that was unreal he just kind of took it took it handy like the upper body wasn't too fatigued at that stage and it was so nice it was a really really nice and enjoyable experience but then getting back out for the run the last run you were soaking wet the feet were mad heavy i was still cramping let's just stick on the the kayaking for a second though like what was that like like actually working with the other person like was there any was there any kind of friction there or did you just jump straight into a very cohesive it was fairly fairly cohesive i just we were just like hi how are you do you have much experience he was like nope and i was like grant me too let's just let's just go for this let's just get after it and he was like cool grant and we we stayed more or less in sync we kind of course corrected from time to time but it was just just go for it just do the thing and we, we actually made good time like we passed a couple of people on the kayaks um but if it was any longer i would have been in trouble like my, my upper body was really start, starting to feel this because we were pelting it along as much as we could um but that was the last cutoff point as well it was like everyone had to be at the lake at i think it was like quarter past two and like an i with an hour to spare we got there okay okay yeah so you should have you should have taken your time at the first um that that first transition should have got more water yeah (laughs) i probably would have been faster as well in the end because i would have been able to run a bit more of it yeah but no there was it was surprisingly cohesive um i had been warned to pick my people carefully like that you're not hopping into a kayak with somebody who's just going to be a liability which you could easily get i'd say but i think i just got lucky yep. it's probably lucky that your man cramped and fell <laughs> fell, into the, <laughs> fell into the lake you know could have been me easily or well it was me because he tipped us both in but that was, was there a bit of like still. was there a bit of like left right kind of you know coordination going on or did you just kind of so go he was with behind me boat? and i was like let's just try and keep in in sync and he was like cool and didn't say much else other than that you know it was just let's just let's just get this over with i had a feeling it was going to be short it was like a kilometer and there's two of us it wasn't that short now either but i'd say if you proper had a game plan like you could really shave a nice bit of time off it and you could both save a lot of energy um but we just got got with the program it was kind of too tired at that stage to devise any sort of major plan you know yep so at this point you've your your entire body you've 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 had a full body cramp uh, throughout the course yeah. of this you're you're uh you're covered you're literally soaked because you've fallen into the lake covered in shit yeah as well. covered in Still shit covered in shit <laughs> you get off this kayak and you have to run another what you say it was four kilometers another 4k which which sounded nice and short it, it was funny like because it's a national park like it was it was open to the public like there was huge groups of tourists just kind of standing around just like looking at you like what is this person doing like he's fucking covered in shit soaking wet like people like all the old americans like hopping off buses like what's that guy doing <laughs> and you're, you're just trying to avoid them they're getting in the way this kind of thing um but you just yeah just soldiered on and got through it i was like passing a couple of people who were walking they were like oh i just want to run the last part like until they see me from the finish line i will run that stretch of it i'm gonna walk the rest of it to save a bit of energy but like at that stage there was no fear of getting disqualified for being too slow but i just said look we'll give it socks and we'll just finish out at a nice steady pace because otherwise i like i had stopped obviously when we got out of the kayak and my legs just seized up and i was like this fucking shit like if if you if i had stopped i think it really would have been tough to go again so it's just like there's there's no alternative here just get out and just keep moving which was fun it it was a really cool experience like that and there was like there was a huge stretch of the cycle when i was by myself and i was tired and sore and i was like there's not really an option to stop do you know which was cool that was a cool feeling or being on top of the hill for the second one even though you're in the national park like you're not there's not really an option there to quit unless you get fucked up and like they need to airlift you out or even that would be very difficult but the feeling of like you just have to get through this was fun 
was cool, do you know? It sounds cool. It sounds cool. What what was the feeling? What 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 were the the, the feelings and emotions as you as you kind of came towards the finish line? And obviously at that point you're at a full like Rocky Balboa Apollo Creed <laughs> on the beach sprint. Like see all the hikers and all the the people who were spectating fanned in behind me to like cheer me on <laughs> no it was it was it was actually just the same i was like because it was i was very sore every step i was just like the brain was off i wasn't thinking about anything for a lot of it the brain was just off i think that's the only way you can get through it um and so when i crossed the line the, some random guy came over and like gave me a hug I don't know who he was or anything <laughs> and you one put a, a medal behind me and Saray was there and they were like guiding people into the tent for food and water and I was just yep yeah, massive flapjack thank you bananas yep yeah. and they just kind of were getting people through yeah because it was thousands thousands of people were doing this event like it was crazy so I think they just wanted to avoid a bottleneck so it was kind of it was a bit anticlimactic as well but I, I'd say if I had approached it thinking like this big crescendo now at the end, this putting it on a pedestal, it would have made it so much harder. It was literally just one foot in front of the other the whole time. And so it was only afterwards that um, when I was in the car, I was like, oh shit, we did it. We did the thing, you know? But but again, there was my terrible trade of being like, um, Ash, it was only the 45k. Like those lads finished maybe an hour ahead of me doing the 70 something mm-hmm. so i you know but it, it didn't spoil it i was still happy happy with that i finished it to be to be honest because like that was the that was the doubt yeah i would say you you know you're probably in the in in, in a in a pretty high kind of percentile of humanity <laughs> being able to actually get through that never mind get through it at a, a good clip you said you were what an hour ahead of ahead of the cutoff time that you were worried about hitting uh Put yeah. after that kayak like so i'd say you actually did a pretty good job believe it or not it was fun i had a great time anyway which is which is the main thing and as as excited as i was to get back to training for powerlifting which i did yesterday like i, I put it up on my story like i saw an ad for the next batch be in september and october and i am very tempted but i, I do want to compete in september october as well one of them um october so i don't know yeah 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 you're you're doing september right yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but but yeah no it's uh, i i wanted to talk about it as well because it was such a unique experience but what it did for my powerlifting training or what it will do for my powerlifting training i think is fairly significant you know like i was chatting to amelia Botter about this recently i have never been looking forward to training to just lifting weights so much then a period of time where I didn't, I wasn't able to do it, you know, and reminding myself that, oh, I actually do enjoy this and I actually do want to do it was really, really nice. And and being in the gym yesterday, even though I hadn't really deprived myself of going to the gym, but being in the gym for powerlifting was amazing. I had, a, I had a, a fantastic session yesterday and I'm excited to train today and I'm excited to train tomorrow. And even that alone, like from a mental point of view, the longevity that you get out of that, I think is huge. Like periodically taking a step back, maybe actively doing a different sport or pursuing different fitness characteristics to then come back mentally and physically, I think is huge in, in terms of avoiding burnout, developing your cardiovascular system and what that do, does for your health and your even your direct performance is, is massive, you know? Yeah, and I feels pretty suitable to, to what we're talking about here but but powerlifting like your race is also a marathon not a not a sprint right so totally the idea that um that a small departure from from doing hyper specific powerlifting training will, will negatively affect your your kind of long-term you know prospects or outputs is is absolutely uh unfounded completely unfounded in fact like you're saying here this kind of kick of 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 training motivation this momentum now that you you find yourself uh having with you towards training especially coming off the back of a like we titled it disappointing day uh you know in your last uh, day out with powerlifting 
this could really 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 drive your training on and we've seen it you know as coaches the two of us like like i actually can pull countless examples off the top of my head we've seen that happen so many times where someone will take mm. a little bit of time off and maybe focus on either just themselves or 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 a different sport or something something different and come back you know to great effect absolutely i think actually i want to shout somebody out who i i haven't even spoken to in a good while dale byrne had his return to the platform at the ab series there over the weekend and i know that he had taken a bit of time off like very serious powerlifting training like a good stretch of time and came back and hit the total pr over the weekend you know that's huge and i i that's that's massive and it's it's so encouraging to see that look you can take extended periods of time off or just extended periods of time where you're just kind of maintaining training and tending to other aspects of your life which you absolutely should do and still come back and be the strongest you've ever been you know it's, it's incredibly encouraging it does probably facilitate that long-term performance you're not putting it on a pedestal or you're not you're not as anxious about it you know so it's I'm, I'm very encouraged and I'm, I'm looking forward to training and I definitely had this thought on the day in between questioning my life choices and thinking if I was going to die or not or I was maybe like gonna am I gonna lose my leg like <laughs> this kind of <laughs> these kind of thoughts were recurring to me this is such a foreign feeling but like if I had only approached powerlifting or if I only take that mindset forward that it's just one foot in front of the other up to this next bend up to this next phase and then like that's done like that's you're zeroed out is, is the new thing that i'm saying like that's that doesn't matter that yesterday's training session or yet last week's meet or whatever it's what's in front of you now and you can only place your foot as best as you can and that's in the past and you do it again and you do it again and you switch the brain off to a degree and just keep moving forward you know and like i said about not putting the finish line on a pedestal something that I'm always working on is something that we're always talking about rightly so is that not putting these numbers or these meets or these just targets on a pedestal because you're making them into an obstacle that otherwise you might just coast on through you know so if if I can take that forward genuinely that I think that'll be massive yep absolutely um something else I suppose that that has occurred um as a as a bit of a consequence maybe maybe that's the word uh, over the last number of weeks is your body weight has dropped quite significantly from from about six, you know what whatever it was eight or nine weeks ago what are you weighing in at at the moment i was 89 weighing in for my meat and i'm 85 and, just tipping into the 84s now and i i assume 89 i well i i suspect rather 89 is probably a little bit of a low read after the day that you had previously totally. you know i assume totally, you were yeah. probably like if you were more well fed it was probably 90 plus totally yeah it could have been 92 easily i was expecting it to be around 92 that's kind of what i had been walking around at but yeah like it's maybe not a consequence of the the running and the cycling it definitely was a little bit i was conscious of lugging around more weight than i needed to during this training and, and making something that was difficult much more difficult but also I, I did want to tidy up my body composition it is something that i that i care about um but yeah that's that's come down tipping into the 84s now and i was only speaking to a friend of mine Raquel, about this recently that i this is the first time that i've had a controlled like deliberate cut you know, and it, it, it's been very, very interesting. It's been very eye-opening. And it's such a shame that I coached many people for cuts, as, as I'm sure you have as well, that I haven't actually properly done one myself, you know. And the insights that I've garnered from this will absolutely benefit the coaching experience for my athletes going forward. It's nearly, been, it's been weirdly, like, philosophical to, like, get used to these feelings of this kind of chronic it's nearly discomfort or that little bit of hunger that you just need to kind of acknowledge and just kind of take a step back from and not be so reactive or if it's as simple as being very aware of your food environment or being more aware of your relationship with food or even relationship with my body composition like we've talked and joked about this many times is the number on the scale is something that I've I have always had some sort of an issue with maybe 
the inverse of what many other people would have like i was afraid of dipping below 200 pounds because i'd built it in my head that look if you're less than 200 pounds you're not a you're not a man you're not a certified big lad and for me to be actively pushing it lower is jesus that's like unheard of do you know but the, the main thing with my cut at the moment to extend past the race the race is obviously finished but i'm going to see how far i can get down maybe stay at 83 for a while or just see how far i can push it comfortably just for the crack and for again for that experience and just to see how it's going but the restructuring that i have on my food at the moment to accommodate for this cut i don't doubt will benefit training extremely well so i'm optimistic that i may be able to replicate some of my best performances at this lower body weight but we can only see i'm not putting that on a big pedestal you know 100 percent. and and i think you can take solace in the fact that work done is work done you know and in a in a, in a in the future if you do decide to go up to to 93 again or, or whatever that that work done will will stand to you you know you may change totally. the context or the perspective but the work will have been done absolutely yeah no that that, that is actually super important thank you it's because if i was to venture down if it was to keep training venture down to 83 and look things don't line up as well as i would have wanted it's not like that was a waste of six months nine months a year like it's you're still training so you know I, I put it in the same vein as look if you were to try something with an athlete and if for it to not exactly work out the way you wanted that doesn't mean it's a block two blocks three blocks whatever down the drain like you're still training and you were also still learning you know so these adaptations can sometimes be bubbling below the surface you don't know how they're going to rear their head you don't know how they're going to benefit you you don't know just there's, there's so much known there's so many known unknowns and unknown unknowns like it's you you can't know all of what's going on so to accept that little bit of uncertainty and just be like okay let's this is how it is let's just move forward because you just can't predict the outcome that uh, that kind of healthy detachment is very difficult to do but i think for your mental health if nothing else is is pretty nice to cultivate over time if you can yeah totally agree totally agree while you're while you're talking and i was kind of relating or, or or kind of relating to sometimes the exact opposite of what you're saying like for me i have always been cutting you know and that's down to, to that's not um healthy <laughs> that's down to probably a not so healthy relationship with all of the things that you mentioned but uh you know my experience has been has has always been one of of cutting deliberately and then gaining not deliberately you know like exactly the opposite of what you're saying um i think for for every comp that i've done in the last four years five years now actually uh five years this july I've cut from like 100 kilos to 93, you know, and not wow. the not not water cut, like it's always been a, a you know caloric deficit, and I've actually never really found myself water cutting, and not not it 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 had never been necessary. I think my last comp in December, I did find myself doing a little bit of of something Swe- sweating a little bit on the morning of due to a faulty scale, and I came in uh, way lighter than than I expected, but. Um, I um not not really a, a topic change. We we obviously will come back to to what we're talking about here. But yeah, I'm kind of doing the opposite right now in that I last week, two weeks ago, decided after years and years and years of this pretty toxic relationship uh, with the 93 kilo class that I'm committing to the 105 kilo class, and it was like this immediate kind of relief washed over me and now i'm like doing this different thing that is similar to what you're doing and that i am i am being deliberate now you know i am deliberately gaining which is cool you know and so so i kind of in a roundabout way related to what you were saying and it kind of feels like walking the walk you know because you had mentioned you had mentioned you're now able to relate to athletes more um who are also cutting or that maybe you were you were less yes. uh, able to do it in the past. And I kind of feel that too, you know? Um, it, it's cool. That's so interesting. That's That we're effectively having the same experience 
I would I would class it as the same experience, and yep. I'm, I'm sure it's easy. Like, I I definitely haven't been the kind of person to be like, oh, I'm cutting now and give, giving out to somebody who's like perma bulking and say, oh, I'd love to be in that situation. No, I recognize that it is equally hard because I know what it's like to struggle to put on weight. That was what I had been experiencing my whole life. You know, I know that it's, I would put these things in the same bracket. It's just, it's, it's difficult no matter what, you know, but it's, I find it interesting that we're coming at it from those two different angles. Like when, when you say it's, it was a relief, I get the feeling that it's, the relief isn't just, oh, I won't have to cut. I get the sense there's a bit more going on there. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Maybe more than than we could unpack on <laughs> that, or yeah. that I would be qualified to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got probably social media to thank for a lot of that. But um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Just like training, training's gone very, very well. And now that I'm like, now that I'm not putting this, this, this ridiculous pressure on myself to, to, to simply do what I'm doing right now in training, just, just like lighter you know it's like who cares mm. literally who cares and i suppose i will go into it a small bit because because why not like i i generally have always struggled with like uh body image um and that that is definitely as a result of like being exposed to you know instagram and, and all that stuff i think i was like 16 or 17 when i when i got on instagram and obviously all the people i followed were all like super strong super jacked super lean probably all on gear but of course i didn't know that at the time so i was like why do i not look like this i saw i mm. saw a picture of myself from four years ago there a, a couple weeks back um and i was like 85 86 kilos and i i looked like skinny um and i was obviously far weaker than i am now and um I, I could remember feeling then the exact same way in my body that I do now, you know, even though I was 86 kilos and now I'm like 100 kilos, you know, which is I actually probably feel better in my in my body now because I've got like muscle a little bit of it anyway. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that kind of nicely that experience of seeing that and, and having that realization nicely coincided with just having a great day. Uh, maxing out in the gym in place of a competition I was supposed to do it it went very very well and I was like I just had that this kind of you know eureka the moment of like what am I doing like you know what 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 was what was the point of that ever so yeah now I'm I'm just just sticking in the 105 kilo class going forward the gears are kind of turning in my in my head I'm trying to process like what you're saying that's it's it sounds like it's not the pressure of it's not that you're relieved that you don't have the pressure of cutting it's is it somehow like the pressure of putting yourself in a box like no i have to be a 93 i have to be this it's the pressure of being like i'm just gonna be me you know i'm just gonna do my thing and, yeah and it, we'll see yeah and i think it's very in line with that with that kind of philosophy towards training, which I do have, like I, I, I don't care about like winning this competition. I'm going to do, for example, the September open. I don't care about like any, any podium positions, the competition I was meant to do the, the abs, uh, series, like people, people had asked why I wasn't wearing wraps. Like, because if I had worn wraps, you know, I would have been in with a shot of winning and it's because I actually don't care at all <laughs> about any of that um so this is very much in line with that you know it's like the final piece of that that kind of that outlook is like this is the you know the truth like I, I think i was only ever cutting to 93 because i cared a little bit <laughs> at least you know whereas now I, mm. I i really don't and this is this is just for me and i'm doing this entirely for myself and uh and, and it feels like i've kind of fully completed that the the picture uh of that kind of outlook I get that. I, I get what you mean. It's it's ironic that like that detachment of that caring a little bit less is probably going to make you the best athlete that you can be. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and it like circles back around to the marathon, not a sprint. Like man, while you were talking that whole time, even 
even like how how like I'm super excited about my training right now. I'm very very excited to compete. Um, that whole time you were talking, I was like, man, I want to do one of these. I really <laughs> want to do one of these. <laughs> for a lot of it, for a lot of it, this sounds this sounds terrible. When I wasn't focusing on not dying or my brain just wasn't off, I was thinking like Adam would love this shit. Like this is great. Like <laughs> and we we've shown that you don't need to train a whole lot to do it. So if you're out there and you've never done this at all just sign up to one don't train just do it it's okay you'll be all right that's I'm actually i'm kidding don't no that's well, actually agree train a little bit that's probably decent advice <laughs> be be like have your have your mandatory kit all right <laughs> have your back and tail lights sure 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 lights. sure but you know but, i think that's a piece of advice that i will give out for everything like especially even powerlifting actually especially powerlifting you know yeah. just sign up just sign up to the damn thing. Experience the experiences and, and keep moving forward. It's. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And it's. Especially powerlifting because it's so accessible. The skill barrier is so low. You pick, you pick what you want to do. It's not like I could have picked a. Now I'm just going to run a kilometer here and cycle a couple of kilometers there and that'll be me. Uh, like with powerlifting you you pick what you want to do actually that's isn't that the great thing about it nobody's forcing you to load to load this weight or that weight or to compete with the big dogs or whatever you just do you like you're literally running your own race you know but i for those in powerlifting who have reached out and there's been plenty of people i highly recommend opening yourself up to new experiences from a sport point of view you know it's it really was something special especially to get outside and to have such a different community and such a different outlet i'd say especially to those who are very high up in powerlifting or who are who are highly regarded in the sport to try something where you're a beginner or less than a beginner is what i class myself as um yeah it's it's an incredibly beneficial developmental experience you know as, as an athlete and as a person, I feel, you know, so I, I would highly recommend people to, to check it out. The, um, the, the race that I did was a quest adventure series. So look them up. There's two events coming up the latter half of the year. I highly recommend you checking out, you know, but, um, you and I will do something like that at some stage. There's a dual one in October. There is like a, oh, a team okay. thing. <laughs> okay. And it's like I, 66 K. It's like, it's, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, I'd be interested. I'd be interested in that. That would be funny. <laughs> we'll see how my we'll That's see. Yeah, uh, concerning adjective. <laughs> yeah, we'll have we're gonna have Adam's disappointing day and then Adam's marvelous day out. Except it's Something gonna happen like in the opposite the opposite manner. My meat's gonna go great, and I'm gonna be airlifted out of the killed. the Wicklow Mountains. <laughs> <Out of Killarney. laughs> it, this next in October, it's in Killarney as well, so it's even even better, even more accessible. Yeah, even more accessible, even more lovely. Yeah, man, that's won't commit, uh, any, won't commit to anything online. On no, definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll be talking. I see. I don't know. I like the idea of being against you. That would definitely be like in those moments where it's like I don't like that know, idea because <laughs> I know I would turn out. Well, that for me would keep me going. I think if I I would be more than willing to give up on you. You know, if like we're on a team and it's like, no, Adam, you can't let Connor down. Like, absolutely not. We'd the... be the two of us in the kayak and Adam would tip and be like, I'll be faster by myself. So you're yeah, we'll... you're going to be at 105. I'll be at 83. It'll even out. Yeah, that's true. I can't see being 83 for a long period of time, though, to be fair. Yeah, and that kind we'll of see, takes We'll see the... how sustainable it is takes the kind of the sting off the fact that i am gonna have totally about 100 kilos now oh god damn 100 maybe i think so who knows well we'll see but i only say that because i did i'm not sure if it was on air or not but i had threatened to do that at some point or another when you were when you were posing a threat uh to, to my total <laughs> um but we'll see we'll see how that goes <laughs> uh let's talk before we start wrapping this up because you know that really did sound like an awesome experience from from a few different levels and yeah. i am very very excited to see how that potentiates the next six months and beyond of your of your life you know yeah, not just your it. training yeah. and we've all we've yeah. all seen how into the oats you've gotten 
um almost to Love to an annoying songs. to an annoying extent but <laughs> 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 uh Let's talk before we wrap this up. So about what your training uh, is like. I know you've undertaken a new thing. You've kind of copied me. I fired you, so you're you're after firing me. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's yeah, talk about it. Basically, I I had this whole speech about why I was doing this to like feed my imagination and to try new things. Uh, no, it was petty petty decision to fire Adam. Yeah. So I, it's it's weird actually. Since I've started this, a couple of people have shared the sentiment with me as well. I've started day one of the Evolve AI app. Now, there's a couple of people involved, actually way more people involved than I thought. But John Hack, Mike Deshear, I always get these two mixed up, right? And they might not be the same person. Well, they're definitely not the same person. It's either Garrett Blevins yep. or Garrett Blessings. They're the same person. They're the same person. Garrett Blessings is, is Garrett Blevins, yeah. Garrett Blevins is like, he's uh, super Christian, so... That's his. Uh, that's his Instagram handle. That just blew my mind. There you go. That guy. Anyway, he's the CEO of it. He actually owns, runs the thing, full stop. But yeah, I I started Price that Lewis off. Well. Just I was. Is he involved? Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah, so. He, he jumped on board recently uh, after being heavily critical. In the same way that I would be heavily critical, and that's that I don't like it being called Evolve AI. Um, that's, yeah. you know, a total marketing gimmick, like, but the fact that Bryce is after jumping in and like putting his name to it makes me think maybe there actually is something to it. And so I was very supportive of, of this. And also it means I don't have to be de- dealing with you as much. So that's great too. That's it's look, it's a win for everybody here. <laughs> um, it's, there's way more to it than I thought, right? Like it's at the start, look, got into it and it was like intensity. Do you like high, low or medium? volume do you like high lower medium and i was like well what 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 do you mean by that and i just said right middle middle your goals is it straight up powerlifting general strength bodybuilding i go yeah powerlifting bodybuilding 60 40 kind of kind of split and it gave me this program it was like how far are you out from a meet and i said no meat planned so it it outlined this periodization of like a bridge block hypertrophy strength and like a peaking block so very very kind of i would nearly call it first principles powerlifting programming which is something we've strayed quite far from in the last couple of years so that made me super uncomfortable (laughs) and apprehensive and i open up day one of my bridge block and it's giving me prescribed weight and i was so close to not doing it i was like this is bullshit like what the fuck is this and then i was kind of like look this is why I'm trying it out because it is different and because I'm apprehensive. And if I'm closing myself off to this experience already, what in the name of God is the point? Or I'm just, I'm just totally lying on like the podcast when we're talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll jump in quickly as well and just add to, to, to what you're saying in that that was literally the exact kind of notion behind my selection of the coach that I'm working with now and I have been working with for, for 14 weeks. Like I wanted something markedly different um not too different of course that would be a disaster but <laughs> but at least a little bit different and so that's why i went with data-driven strength and that's why i'm working with with drake um to great effect but i've had some of the same experiences that you're talking about there like i've seen exercises on the on the programming or just seen kind of different formatting things and i've been like my gut has been like you know but i did stick it out <laughs> And it has been a very, very, very good experience and definitely has benefited me more than just, you know, as an athlete, like I'm doing um, just different random shit. And re- and like I was explaining this to someone, uh, I forget who, uh, over the weekend, that I am for the first time in, in my nearly 10 year powerlifting journey, you know, and definitely over 10 years of lifting weights now, I'm actually enjoying pump work. I'm enjoying that. Like I, I've never once ever enjoyed it, but I'm actually enjoying getting a little bit of an upper body pump. I've been doing lower body uh, accessories, and like, pe- <laughs> I've had people come up to me because maybe they they listen to the podcast or a little bit or, or caught some stuff, some chatter online, and have been like, "I've heard, I heard you completely 180'd your view on accessories, and now you're doing loads." It's like, well, I never had That's a view my on fault ex- as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely your fault. I never had a view on accessories really as such. I, I just tried to give people 
you know, the amount of work that they needed and that fitted and fit into their lives. And oftentimes that wasn't 15 accessories after each session. But uh, I personally just didn't really like it. Um, but now after just kind of like you're saying here, just biting the bullet, giving it a chance, I am enjoying things I never thought I would enjoy. I was doing um, B-Stance RDLs with dumbbells uh, over the weekend and they were awesome. They were so much fun and my hamstrings are killing me and it's the best feeling. It's so cool, you know? It's a great feeling. And even from, you often hear people say things like, and usually they don't mean it this way, they're just kind of big generalizations, like as athletes get more advanced, you have to kind of work more on accessories and stuff. And I've often been like, that's complete nonsense. But from a mental point of view, there's definitely something to that, to that notion, to that idea, you know? When you are more advanced, when you are kind of pushing towards, you know, pushing towards, we'll say, your potential, pushing into those kind of real advanced stages of your of your career, um, it can be just nice to like be faced with a random, stupid bullshit exercise and to get better at it. And you know, like like we totally. talked about, like with that race, it's kind of a micro version of what you what you're what you've the outcome you've gotten from your race. You kind of start to build momentum that will kind of allow you to carry more intent into the likes of your heavy heavy comp squats, heavy comp benches and deadlifts. Um so yeah, yeah, it's been fun. And I, I uh totally. I look forward to seeing the outcome of your experiment. Me too. Me too, absolutely. And it's I, I, I definitely agree that on that other point, even though it is a, it's a little bit of a tangent, but I feel like it's it's relates back to what we're talking about about the race and about different coaching options and stuff like that. It's even though it may not be super specific, like it's you can take away this, take this kind of time away, develop some other fitness characteristics, and maybe if we're talking about building muscle, or if it's just the pure novelty of it that is super important and we have an article coming out soon about novelty and training and anyone who is a subscriber to mass or anyone who listens to the iron culture podcast on the other side of that novelty coin is a talk around specificity and eric helms has a really really good article out in mass about specificity and it's one of the more recent episodes of the iron culture podcast i highly recommend people give it a listen it's really kind of mentally given me the space to step back from hyper specific training even from a mental point of view as you were talking about and just enjoy some other fitness characteristics without worrying that it's going to derail my powerlifting progress and that's going to be months of training lost happening back to what we said about the work done is is still work done you know so yeah no it's there's a lot of interesting things happening with your training with my training taking lessons learned from different things and bringing them forward I'm super excited for the months to come. It's going to be a busy couple of months, but we'll get our training in. We'll we'll have the crack. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Well, thank you for for telling your your story. But I've decided while we were talking what the title of the podcast is going to be as well. It's going to be Connor's not so disappointing day. That's yeah, perfect. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening to episode thirty of the odyssey podcast we're getting up there in the numbers now i'm uh, i'm pretty proud to see that let's go i'm gonna say it because because we've we've kind of been doing what we've been saying recently uh with regards to the podcast so i'm gonna say it here now that um this year we are going to see episode number 50 fall by the end of the year we've decided we'll try and line it up nicely if we can we'll try and line it up so that um episode 50 will be the you know the year in review podcast or whatever that would be really cool nice super awesome beautiful thanks again everyone thank you connor we will see you again next time all the best